Hello, welcome to the next exclusive episode of the Talk Norwich City podcast. I am absolutely buzzing to have a conversation with this guy tonight. Uh, part of the most successful city side of the last decade, 100%. Scored in all four levels of English league football. Some call him Aaron Wilbraham, but we call him Wilbrahamovich. Aaron, firstly, thank you so much for coming on the TNC podcast. How's everything with you at the moment? Yeah, good, thank you. Very well. Uh, still managing to be uh, playing, so still hanging in there, mate. So yeah, feeling all right. I'm at, I absolutely love that, by the way. And I thought, and I'll start, by the way, straight away by saying congrats on, on your, your big equaliser in the, in the Cup against Newcastle. I celebrated that. The Norwich fans were loving that as well. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a good feeling, obviously. Uh, to, get the, to get the replay up at St. James, obviously, it didn't go where we wanted it to. But yeah, it was a great experience for the fans and the players and everyone to go up there. So yeah, it was class, mate. The magic of the cup is still off. Aaron, let's get the important question out of the way uh, straight away. I have actually divulged to a few Norwich fans that, I've, that I'm interviewing you today. And, and they said, they all said the one thing that I need to ask you, and that is about your beard. How do you keep it so well groomed? <laughs> To be fair, it's, it's part of my little pre-match routine. On a Friday after training, I go and get a little trim every Friday. So the, beard the hair doesn't take long to do. Yeah, well, <laughs> hair as well, but the hair doesn't take that long these days. So, uh, yeah, beard and hair trim every Friday after training, ready for the game Saturday, ready for the weekend. Interesting. And and the big question... There's a bit, which... of, just, there's a bit, of, just for, there's a bit of just for men in there as well to right. keep the greys away. Yeah, I was going to say, so... and yeah, I was going to say, and, and are you dyeing it as well? Is it is it combed? Is it is it waxed? How, how do you keep it in such prime well, condition? Obviously, it's all down to the barber, to be fair, but I do, I, I put obviously a bit of just for men in there. <laughs> which keeps the grey and the ginger. It's about, if I leave it to go how it will, it's about seven different colours. Oh, wow. Oh, Spectacular. Nice and neat. <laughs> so, yeah, keep it a bit of just for men on there, three or four minutes, and then, yeah, keep a bit of beard balm, keep it brushed, keep keep it in good condition, really, mate, yeah. Well, you bet you didn't expect to talk about that on the Talk Not Receipt podcast, did you? <laughs> I did it. I, I did actually, mate. Yeah. Did you? Well, I tell you what. I'm putting out. I'm putting out there right now. I think it's the best beard in the football league. I mean, and I'll challenge any listener right now that's listening um, to, to challenge me otherwise. So there you go, Aaron. Um, another vital question that that I need to ask is: Do you actually like being called Wilbrahamovich by the Norwich fans? Because I mean, I remember there there was T-shirts made saying I was there when Wilbrahamovich yeah. scored his first Premier League goal at Fulham. Yep, I remember them T-shirts. To be fair, I actually bought one because when, when I went. To, <laughs> When I went to Vegas with uh, the Norwich boys, Grant Holt wasn't allowed to come because his missus had got him on toast. So uh, <laughs> I actually, I actually got a Grant Holt mask uh, made, and I got a Wilbrahimovic t-shirt, and I was, I was wearing it around the Vegas pool party. So I had like the, the, the Grant Holt mask on with a Wilbrahimovic t-shirt on. So yeah, that made an appearance in Vegas as well. Mate, that is absolutely <laughs> class, and I love the fact you've digged Holt here, our good friend Grant Holt, of course. <laughs> Um, Aaron, um, let's take you right back to the beginning, if you don't mind, if you can think back to that far, um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, to your to the time when you, you, you first signed for Norwich from MK Dons. What, what, do you, what do you remember about that time, Aaron? Because it must have been just, I can't imagine the excitement for you. Yeah, I mean, I was 31 at the time and obviously thinking my chance for a move like that had yeah. gone, to be fair. I'd been at MK for five seasons. I'd been scoring double figures and stuff regularly, but and you see other people getting moves and you're thinking, oh, I, can't, I could do a nice move like that. But I remember it was Paul Lambert 
when he signed me, I worked out that I'd scored against Paul Lambert five times, I think. <laughs> twice when he was Wickham manager, twice when he was Colchester manager, and once yeah. uh, against Norwich the season before for MK. And I think I got sent off in that game for a little scuffle with Chrissy Martin as well. So it was as like... You do. Uh, yeah, but it was it was I think it was the fact that you do stick in a manager's mind if you score against him quite a lot and he could probably I think they paid like eighty grand for me or something. So I remember when he signed, he said to me, Listen, every time I played against you, you've been an absolute nuisance and a nightmare to play against. I just want you to do that for me whenever I use you. Like wow. it was just it was just kinda of like I think he just thought I was an extra body for the squad. He would have checked my reputation and found out that I wasn't like a, a bad egg or anything and I got a good reputation in football. So I think he just thought I'm gonna give him a chance and it was uh, yeah, it was just a it was a I think I signed on my daughter's my daughter's birthday, I remember oh, signing wow, on my birthday, yeah. And it was and yeah, it was a, it was obviously a really exciting move for me and I could tell the minute I walked into the, the club what a good club it was and just a proper, probably the first proper, proper football club that I'd been at. Do you know what I mean? So Incredible. it was class. Good to hear. Good to hear. And and you know what they say, if you can't beat them, join them. So I'm sure that's what Lambert was thinking when he signed you. And <laughs> Aaron, um, that squad, I mean, you, you've obviously already spoken about Holty. Um, you know, that that famous 2011 Norwich squad, you know, there were some big characters in there, wasn't there? Like, who was like the best to hang out with? Was it was it really Holty or was there a few few surprises in there? No, I think that's what I noticed the minute I joined the club. I think there was a great togetherness in the changing room. And that's what made me think we did have a chance of getting promotion because there was there was good characters in there. Obviously, Mark Tierney was a really funny lad, always <laughs> cracking jokes. And like El- Elliot Ward was a big character. You had Crofty and Russell Martin, who were like a little double act and like just and Wes Houlihan was a legend as well. I've always whenever I've been asked the best player I've played with, I've always said Wes because I was I gonna ask you that. Was he definitely the best, yeah? Yeah, yeah I've said like Wolf Sahar and Tammy Abraham in the same breath, but I've always gone back to Wes and just said because he he should have played for Ireland so many more times and he did oh, proper underrated because of his work rate as well, how much he used to work back for the team and stuff as well. And just, he wasn't like a luxury player where you might have him going forward, but he might not do the work for the team. He did both as well. So that's why I class him up there as the best I've played with, definitely. And because I train with him every day and he couldn't, if if the if the training wasn't two touch or one touch, like where you have to only take one or two touches, if it was all in, you couldn't get the ball off Wes. No one could get the ball off him. So you had to make training two touch. Otherwise, it'd just be like the Wes Hulahan show and training every day. <laughs> that, but, it yeah, is it's so class. true. And it, oh, tell me about it. And so I, I actually like, I'm a bit shocked that you've said that. So to confirm, for complete clarity, you're saying that Wes is better than Wilfred Zaha at that time. I, I'm t- I'm saying yeah, definitely. Just wow. all round, all round player was Hulahan, definitely. Absolutely love that, Aaron. Um, first time you walk out onto the pitch at Car Road, uh, just do do the Norwich fans a favour of just describing that feeling because for us, that that's you know as as kids, that's what we dream of as Norwich fans walking to that pitch at Car Road. What was it like, you know, seeing twenty six thousand people rammed in, you know, chanting on the Ball City. Yeah, it's, it's when you see that sea of yellow. I mean, I got told it was a fanatical city for football, and I remember for all the because I've lived in a lot of cities. Play, I've always moved to the area where I've played for. So I've lived in Bristol, I've lived in obviously Norwich. When I've played for Crystal Palace, I lived in London. I've been to Hull City. I've been everywhere, and I've never known so many shirts like walking around Chapelfield. Is it the shopping centre called? 
uh, and just around the city, there's just so many Norwich tops walking around and just like it's a great footballing mm. city. So to walk out at Carrow Road and just see that sea of yellow shirts and and the atmosphere and everything, and I loved it. I remember, I think I signed the day before my debut, so I didn't really have much time to think about the game. And I think we played QPR, I think we won 1-0. Or um, yeah, I think we did. I think Russell Martin scored uh, on the debut. But yeah, it was it was a great feeling to walk out, and I was just proud to be at the club. Really awesome to hear. And and of course, um, your first goal, probably in a similar light, it, it came against Leicester on our way back yeah. to the Premier League. Um, you know, when that hit the back of the net, um, you know that that was actually. Am I right in saying, Aaron, that that was the time that you pulled out the baby celebration, the team one? Do you remember that we all stood in the line at the baby cello against Leicester? I think we did that on. Was it Wes's goal, the first goal? I think we might have done. I'm yeah. not. I'm not sure. I, I actually. You were definitely in that pack, that, mate. You were in that pack yeah. of players doing it. Yeah, leading up to that game, I actually. I had a back injury. I got a back injury the day before that game, and I I pulled out a training on the Monday. But we were we were short on numbers, and Paul Lambert had it in his head that he wanted to play me and Holty with Wes Hulahan and behind us. So I actually played, and my back was that bad that day when I played against Leicester that I looked up at the scoreboard after one minute and was like, I was in that much agony that I thought. Right, eighty-nine minutes to go. That it was, it was hurting me that much, and I somehow got through the game. Adrenaline scored that goal, like you say, and wow. got the result, which was important. But I remember when we got back to the training ground that night. <laughs> so, like to me, I felt like I was stood up straight. But when I looked in the mirror, my whole kind of spine was in a back operation, and I don't know if you remember, but that was my season done after that, and I had to actually have a back operation about three days later. So. I always remember Paul Lambert saying to me how grateful he was that even though my back had completely gone, I still got through that such an important game. And he he, oh, he still brings it up. Now I saw him a couple of weeks ago when I played against him for Rochdale and he still brought it up then that I did that, I did that for him. And I think that's the reason why when I battled back from it, because I knew I had to come back from it fitter than ever if I was going to have a chance of even playing in the Premier League. So I think that's why when I eventually got myself back that he gave me my debut in the Premier League and the chances when he used to throw me on every game, which is when I ended up getting the tag Wilbrahimovic. Because <laughs> I think he remembered what I did for him like just with that one game because I was actually shouldn't have played that game, if you know what I mean, but it was a vital three points. Well, Aaron, facts don't care about feelings is, is what I always say. And ultimately, your your goals to, to, to minutes ratio was absolutely insane that season. So, you know, you know, silver linings and all that. Um, of course, um, you know, that, that championship season, um, I'm quite interested, actually, Aaron. Do, do you think that that championship season, did you enjoy it? Because obviously that was promotion. But did you enjoy the Premier League more than that? Or was was the kind of the success of the championship more of a highlight for you? I think both. I think the end of that season when we got promoted, it was just like doing the open top bus and everything and just the uh, all the celebrations that we had that week. So many memories. It was such a great summer with the boys and everything. It was like a great celebration. But then to go, go into the Premier League and like, I'll admit, I never thought I was going to have the chance of playing in it. 
So, to, so for that as well, that was obviously just as special. And I remember being in my debut at Goodison Park and coming on against Everton, and the first thing I had to do was Mark Fellaini on a corner. And it <laughs> Good was luck. like this mountain next to me. Yeah, and it was just like these experiences I was getting at an age where I thought I was never going to, I could have just still been playing in League One for MK Don. So I, I think I was just relishing every minute. And I think Brilliant. when... When Paul Lambert did used to chuck me on for 25, 20 minutes, like in most games in the Prem, he just knew when I came on, I was going to like run as fast, like, and just because I'd not had this chance to play in the Premier League. And I was playing against centre halves who were probably on 100 grand a week and didn't really fancy getting a cut on the left eye. <laughs> because, they, no, because they were comfortable and I, I'd be running around like a madman and I could see that they didn't really want that physicality, which I had in League Two and League One and come from the leagues from a young course. age. So I could see they didn't really want it. And I actually found it easier playing my game, which is getting hold of the ball, bringing people into play, getting it wide, getting in the box. I found that easier in them games than I did in all the other leagues because they kind of let you have the ball and it's more yeah. cat and mouse in the Premier League. And they didn't really like the physicality and I enjoyed it. And I think Lambert knew I'd do that for the team when I came on because he knew how much I was relishing every opportunity. So I think it worked. I think he used me as an example a few times when we lost games. He used to say, some of you, some of you, I won't say the word he used, but... Oh, go on. Some, some <laughs> of you lot, <laughs> some of you lot, you need to have a look at Wilbrom. He's 32 years old, runs around like a four-year-old. Like, and he used to say this to the player and he kind of gave me that belief in myself and... He was really good with me, Lambda, like that, because he made me want to do everything I could for the team. Your your first start, I'm I'm pretty sure was at top um was at Tottenham, wasn't it? Yeah. You got debut yeah. Everton, first start was at the old what I say that's a bit weird, isn't it? The old yeah. White Hart Lane. That sounds a bit <laughs> odd, doesn't it? Um yeah. but I mean that that ended up being one of the most memorable victories, uh, you know, one of them in the last decade for, for Norwich fans for sure. Of course, that 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 Benno Belter. Um, as we like to like to call it here on yeah. Talk Norris City. I mean, you know, that season, was, was that particular game for you? That Surely that, I mean, that must have just been if one of, if not the highlight of your Norwich career, surely. Yeah, it was massive, to be fair. I think it was an all, a kind of an all British start in 11 as well. And I think it, I remember someone saying it was the first time there'd been an all British start in 11 since Blackburn in the 90s and stuff. I remember them saying that, but... It was like the team we were playing against. They had like Modric, Bale, oh, and, God, every, yeah. and they were going for Champions League that year. Yeah. And, and it was just, I remember I clashed heads with Van der Vaart that game. And we both, have to, we both had to have stitches towards the end of the game. And I remember being in the Tottenham dressing room because it's like a little doctor's room that attaches to their physio room. So I was in there getting stitched up yeah. when, when all their players came back into the dressing room. So I got to hear Harry Redknapp kind of bollocking them for the for the performance because we'd beat them at their place oh wow what did he say I was sat, I was sat so he, he was just saying I can't believe we've been beat by them and uh, we're meant to be going for the Champions League it's a disgrace and he was going mad and wow. then as I kind of as I finished getting stitched up and made my way back through the physio room there was about eight at their starting eleven sat on the physio beds with bags of ice in every every part of the body they could have <laughs> you literally beat like, them up <laughs> yeah so and i kind of walked through with this big black eye and they all kind of it was Excuse a bit embarrassing ads. for them really because <laughs> we just we just we did bully him and i remember i i got wound up off all my mates because harry redknapp came out on match of the day and in his interview he said 
Holt and the other lad bullied us. He called me the other lad. The other lad. <laughs> Will Bramovich. I, I mean, how I quite dare like he? That. So, um, yeah, but um, so it was, but it, no, that was a great, and I remember, because obviously I was late back into the, the dressing room, like into the Norwich dressing room, when I walked in, I got like a bit of a hero's reception because it was my first start and we'd oh, beat Tottenham at White Lane. So it was like a big cheer when I walked in with this big black iron stitches. But it was a, no, it was a great day. And I think we'd played, it was the Easter weekend and I think we'd played Everton on the Saturday or the Friday and then this game was on the Monday. And I think I'd come on against Everton on the Saturday. It was a 2-2 draw and I'd set up Halty for the equaliser. So Lambert gave me my start on, on the Easter Monday, but... I think he was kind of just thinking, right, we've got two hard games with Tottenham away and Man City at home next week. I'll give these lads a chance to freshen it up. And then I think he probably thought he'd put the other lads back in for the City game. But I think because we went and got the result, he kept the team the yes. same for the Man City game. And yes. I I love that because I was a Manchester City fan all my life. So to then get a start against Manchester City was unbelievable for me as well but obviously the, it ended up being 6-1 but I think I came off at 2-1 so I was like, oh, that was a good time to come off <laughs> so you're right uh, you know you've washed your hands Aaron. <laughs> I love that story about Redknapp that's just absolutely brilliant yeah. I mean, you know Aaron you spoke about there about um perhaps the physicality I'll call it of the of that particular Norwich side um what were the key things for you that meant that squad finished 11th in the Premier League? Because for Norwich fans now, we're like, how on earth has this ta- this this side that we've got at the moment, Aaron, is full of talent. I'm not sure if you've watched them, but, you know, we've got Buendia, Puki, Aaron's, you know, we, it, the, the whole squad is brimmed full of talent, but we just can't grind out results. And I'm just interested to, to get your opinion on, because that, that squad that, you were in was physical but it surely couldn't have just been the physicality that got us to 11th in the league surely yeah no it did. I think like I say the first thing I noticed when I walked in the dressing room when I joined the togetherness I think we just had that togetherness and it is hard to create that and I mean when you have a lot of players on a lot of money from a lot of different countries. It can be it can be hard to create that togetherness sometimes, mm. and it comes from the manager bringing in the right type of characters. And I'm, I'm not saying at all that they haven't got the right type of characters, but it is hard to get. And you do find that you get a more grounded general squad the right. lower down the leagues you go. Sure. And if they carry up in the leagues into the Premier League, then you've, you've got a chance and you would have seen other teams do it like Sheffield United are doing quite well at the of moment. Course, and, it's yes. like, and it's like when you've got that kind of squad which has come up together and fought together to get where they've got to, mm. there's a lot more togetherness mm. than there is when it's kind of been put together from different kind of mm. aspects. So I think, I think it was definitely down to that. I might say, yeah, we were a physical team, but we still had our kind of non-physical players like Wes Houlihan like Andy Sermon Andy Sermon wasn't really physical David Fox wasn't like a big imposing figure so it wasn't just that we just I think it was just a togetherness which made we were, we were solid as a team we had different types of players Fantastic point Aaron but you know what there, there is something that I just want you to shed a little bit more light on though if it's okay is that that word togetherness is, is banded around a lot and people, you know, players, former players, journos, managers, they do, they talk about t- togetherness. Is that banter? Is it fight? And you know, what I'm really interested to hear from you is, is it actually just an old fashioned bollocking? Because I sometimes feel like, you know, actually, if, if you as the manager or also the captain and, and the more experienced players 
is that needed in the modern game? Is it still prevalent in the modern game? You know, what, you know, what is the, what does togetherness mean to you? Yeah, I think, I think it comes from the manager, and I think Paul Lambert had the right mix between creating a good environment by having a bit of banter, but also when you went out to train, you knew it was time to work, and you knew, and it is. I imagine. I don't know because I've not been in a dressing room where there's been lads on hundred grand a week or whatever. And I'm not saying anyone is at Norwich, but I'm talking about you'd like some Man City and stuff like that. But I think sure. it'd be harder to create that togetherness, okay, in in a in a bigger wage structured club. I, I just think it was down to lads spending time with each other off the field, going for lunch together, mm. organising things, going around each other's houses, going for a game of pool. Like, do you know, just sticking, going for a game of golf. Just be it mates, comes right? From, Genuine yeah, mates. And do like gym sessions together and just like, we always used to do, we used to do quite a lot of stuff together, go paintball and there'd always be things being organised and that comes from having a good close together squad. But a lot of the time it does come from the manager as well. Because he'll create these things and he'll make sure mm. he signs the right players who are going to buy into that type of thing. And it is easier to do. I think the lower down you are, and I think we 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 were just uh, blessed to have a, a really great mm. set of lads who backed each other up. I think that's what it was. You, you, you've mentioned him there, Aaron, and, and we have to talk about him now. Paul Lambert, uh, you know, uh, obviously, of course... Ipswich manager, which means we don't like him anymore. But you loved him, didn't you? Um, you know, you know, he, he actually went on record whilst you're with us, saying we were inundated with requests from other clubs to take you on loan. But you know, I, I mean, I, I've watched some of your interviews, of course, um, before, and you know, you, you quite often talk about your relationship with Paul Lambert, and actually, probably one of the most important relationships you've had in your life. Um, but you know, the fact is that Ipswich now, of course, we don't like him, but but you had a special relationship with Paul, didn't you? Yeah, no, he was he was really good. And I think if you speak to any of the players from that from that time, no one will have a bad word to say about him, to be honest. And he did he did really well for the club. And you understand, obviously, I, I understand the hatred between Norwich and Ipswich and I'm well on board with that, do you know what I mean? But it, and I, but it's just the fact that with managers it's difficult sometimes when they move on and stuff but no I did have a great relationship with him and he was just I just liked the way he had that fear factor in a way that he could come in and dress in him and have a laugh but two minutes later if someone wasn't pulling the weight in training he wouldn't let him get away with it because I've seen it in other clubs yeah. in the past where it can become a bit of a circus if the manager hasn't got the right run of the club properly and it can become a bit disheartening for the other players yeah. who want to do things properly if the manager's letting certain people get away with stuff and that I just think that I just think that's where Paul Lambert was good because he ran the football club properly and he got the right types of players yeah. in who weren't going to disrupt that and that's what I respected him for. Aaron I totally I actually totally agree with you and and something that I would say from having met Paul on, on a couple of occasions is actually in a funny sort of way I, I kind of I wanted to meet him. I didn't want to really talk to him. He scared me a bit. He had this aura <laughs> of this hard nut Scottish guy that's literally just going to headbutt you any minute if you say the wrong thing. But and, and that's that's the thing with Paul. And, and, and by the way, it goes without saying, although we don't like to admit it anymore, you know, goes without saying, one of the most successful managers we've ever had for sure. And my, my point is, Aaron, and I think you've nailed it with that togetherness line, is that with Paul, there was an aura of respect 
and respect is only ever earned. It's not given. It's a classic saying, but it's so totally true. And I think, I think, you know, I think you've nailed it with Paul for sure, a hundred percent. Yeah, because when I when I talk about him to the players, they they always say like he comes across a bit dour and stuff on his interviews after games. But I I think that's not an act, but he just doesn't want to give anything away to the general public, to the media. Mm. But in the dressing room, he is totally different, and he's funny, and he's he, he's a he's a good man manager, and he's he gets the team going. But you'd never think that through watching him in some of his interviews because he just gives nothing away. So he kind of plays a game, I think, with the media a little bit. <sighs> totally different in the dressing room and he has that banter and everything really? with the lads so I could imagine Aaron he's the type of gaffer that kicks the trolley over at half time and actually this is a really important point because that championship promotion campaign under Paul Lambert I just remember it wouldn't matter if we were one down two down three down drawing you knew we were going to go on to win that game and I think that there was something in the back of your mind as a fan that you knew that Paul Lambert would literally just give you a bollocking at half time if it wasn't going right is that the case was was he the type of guy to you know smash his fist through the wall yeah he was definitely he definitely would be fair in going in if you weren't playing well wow you didn't you didn't want him to be coming for you so you'd make sure you were on top of your game because you knew if you weren't he was going to come for you but <laughs> i think he did it in a fair i think he did it in a fair way like sometimes he'd say things to people who'd be like oh but i think a lot of the time, he got it. He got it right, and no one could argue with that. And he'd give people a chance. And some, I remember one time, uh, the lads were kind of tossing train off on a Friday, just acting like not as he wanted us to take it serious. I think it was Blackburn away in the Premier League, and I think because the lads weren't, I think the lad, the team who were playing against the lads who were starting. We were all over the lads who were meant to be starting, so he, he just changed it and took about seven players out like the day before kickoff, and he just changed the whole team. Wow! And I was like, wow! And I, I think I was meant to be one of the ones uh, that was starting, and I was a bit because I wasn't. I think it was my the first time I'd actually been in the shape on a Friday, so I wasn't tossing it off at all, and I was really keen to do well. But he took me out as well just to go for a different kind of option, and I think I remember him pulling me on the Saturday morning and saying, "Listen, I'll be." I've changed seven from yesterday, but you're the only one I'm pulling because you didn't really deserve it. But because of who I've changed around you, oh, I'm, you not gonna to. Leave you, I'm not going to leave you up top and flog you on your own. Wow. I'm going to, I'm, but I'm just letting you know I'm only pulling you. The rest aren't even getting told. And I was kind of like, oh, but I did appreciate that because I wouldn't have liked the fact that I'd been dropped because yeah. I wasn't tossing off. Like I say, the Tottenham start. We never did any shape for because it had been a quick turnaround with the Easter weekend. Really? We hadn't really planned much for it, yeah. So we just kind of had to go because of the recovery and everything. We didn't, we couldn't really get on the grass between the Saturday and the Monday. So it was kind of just recover, go again. So this was the first time I'd been in the shape for this Blackburn game, and he just whipped seven players out of the starting lineup just wow. because the standards weren't good enough. But that kind of set the tone for the rest of the season and. Although, yeah, we didn't go on to win the Blackburn game. I think we lost 2-0. But for the rest of the season, everyone was in the right frame of mind. And we ended up finishing 11th. So it was a kind of master plan in a way because no one messed about ever again for the rest of the season. And he was letting people know, just because we're doing all right, don't think I'm going to go easy and start having a bit of a jolly up now the year, like the year's turned. Was he a finer? Did he fine you a lot? Oh, massive finer, yeah. Really? Massive finer. I remember you what weren't sort even, of fines you you weren't even allowed. You weren't even allowed your tr you weren't even allowed your mobile phones in the training ground. If he saw anyone's mobile phone, it was a four hundred pound fine on the spot. Wow! 
But if you, I if hope that went into the football Mark, club, by the way. <laughs> I think it came back to the lads in the end. Ah, okay. But I think, to be honest, it was. I remember one time he saw Leon Barnett on his phone, and he, he fined him four hundred pound. But he said to me, "And if he forgets, I'll be. You're going to pay two hundred as well. So you better remind him tonight." So I'd be, te- I'd be texting <laughs> Barnett on a Wednesday night. Oi, don't be forgetting that four hundred quid tomorrow. But it was just like. In a way, you look back at that, and to have no mobile, like no mobile phones in the whole training ground was the best thing ever because it made people talk, made oh, people go in the gym together and have yeah. a bit of banter and little pranks going on. Because now I get that, I get that. I constantly film. I'll I'll walk around the Rochdale dressing room sometimes, and there'll be nineteen lads sat in there, and seventeen of them will be on the phones, and it's and it to do. You, you knew what he was doing back then. Obviously, this was back in 2011, 2012. Sure. But he just didn't want. He just wanted us. That's what brought that togetherness. You see, mm. he's not quite being sat there on the mobile phones. Yeah. And, but yeah, he was definitely a fan. Yeah, love that. Um, Aaron, of course, there, there's there's injuries in in here. But I'm quite interested to hear whether you have any regrets about your time at Norwich, because of course, there's no escaping the fact. 28 appearances scored two goals and I know that Grant Holt was in front of you and I I know that Morrow was in there as well but you must be a bit frustrated or perhaps disappointed with your time at Norwich yeah a little bit because I think it kind of came all of a sudden as a bit of a shock and I, I probably regret not kind of grasping it a bit more it was probably my first big big club that I went to so I found it a little bit daunting in a way as well, yeah. if I'm honest. Yeah. And and there's a lot of pressure off the Norwich fans, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of expectancy because they've been in the Premier League in the past. So I probably suffered with that a little bit. And it's kind of took me to have that experience to then go and like do better at, say, when I went to Bristol City and stuff like that, and where I've, I've handled the pressure a lot yeah. better since. But I don't regret it in a way because... I kind of had that experience. I, I know I was a big part of the, the club and in the dressing room. I know I was a big And if you speak to the lads, I don't think the fans will realise that I was a big part in the dressing room. But maybe since I've left, they have done like with the reputation and stuff. But I, I don't have any regrets because I think the injury that I got, obviously playing that game and then to come back... When I came back pre-season after the back injury, I think I was about seventh or eighth choice. If you look at, they brought in James Vaughan, Steve Morrison, they yeah. Grant Holt, Simeon Jackson, Wes Houlihan, Chrissy Martin. And I think by midpoint of the season, I was up there with, I was starting with Holtley, like I say, with Wes in behind us and stuff. And I was, I was, I got oh, myself to like third and fourth choice. So it was I just, I think I was top goal scorer that pre-season going into the Premier League season. And obviously, I knew it was going to be difficult. I knew I was going to start in the Prem every week at like 32, 33, being, having played League One most of my career. But I think I, I've got no regrets from that Premier League season because I was involved in 32 out of the 38 games at that in the squad. It was hard enough to even get in the squad for some lads that yeah. year. So I've got no regrets at the way I came back after that back operation. Sure. And kind of coming on and having a little cameos with the back heels and stuff, which is where I got the nickname Wilbrahimovic. Oh, we know. Believe me. It's kind of like, I'd have no regrets (laughs) on that season. But yeah, the championship season, obviously I could have hit the ground running a bit more. That's really my regret. But with the Premier League season, I think I got the best out of it that I could. 
Absolutely. No, and, and that's a really good way to feel. I think you should regret anything, really, because it happened for a reason. I think, yeah, and, and I think the injury is an important thing to, to think about as well. And Aaron, what, what's, so obviously, of course, you're at Rochdale right now. What, you know, do you know where you'll be or what you'll be doing in five years' time? Is management an option? Is it, is it media? What, what, sort, what are your future ambitions? To be honest, I've, I've done my B licence and part one of my A licence. Right. That was more just to have it in my pocket ready to go. I've had people like Paul Lambert and Steve Cottrell say to me... Oh, you weren't going to join Ipswich, were you, Aaron? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, don't. If not, I'll kick you off. <laughs> no. But I, I quite fancy the uh, football agent side of things. Okay, well. I don't nice. Think, I don't think enough ex-players do it. And I think having played in all four leagues, having a twenty-four, I've been in football twenty-four years now. I think I've got the, I've nearly played seven hundred games. I've got the experience behind me. I think a lot of football agents are ex-solicitors and lawyers, and when they try yes. speaking to their players after games about the game, the they lads just are a bit get like, it. "Hold on a minute, mate." Yeah. So yeah, and I think I think I'd, you've got to have a bit of a presence when you walk in to negotiate for someone. I think I can talk to anyone from the tea ladies to yeah. the chairman. I've never. I've never crapped on anyone in football, so I've got a good reputation for all the that. clubs I've played for. So I just think, yeah, I just think I'd, I think I'd take to it well and my heart's probably more in that than it is coaching. Man, I think I think you're right. And I think it's definitely the way to go. I mean, of course, uh, Brian Gunn, absolute, you know, die-fied legend at Norwich City, good friend as well. And, you know, he's he's now in the agency world and, you know, he, he's absolutely loving it and he's thrived and he's never looked back. So good for you wanting mm-hmm. to do that. Um, Aaron, uh, the the last thing I have to say is obviously there's there's thousands of Norwich fans listening right now. Do, do you have a message for them at all? I just want to say thanks for the Wilbrahimovic uh, tag because <laughs> obviously it's it comes up at every club I've been at ever since, and I th- still some of the players when they bring it up still think like it's something they've found online, and I'm like, no, no, that goes back to the Norwich days, definitely. <laughs> but no, I think they they were good. They were good with me. They probably. Like a lot of clubs, and my father-in-law always says this about me, I think when a club signs me, they often kind of roll their eyes and like, oh, Wilbraham, oh, he's over 30, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> not, not the best pace or something, but I think once they get to know me and they realise I'll always give 100% and I'll make it hard for defenders, and I think when they know what I'm like off the field, I think... Don't forget that beard as well, Aaron, come on. He, al- <laughs> he always says about me, they might not like me when I sign for them, but they're singing my name by the time I leave them. And I think that's happened at every club since I've left Norwich. So I think I have to kind of earn it, but I think they'll appreciate me. And I just think they were good with me. And I think they were good with me when I went back for Wes's testimonial and stuff. So, yeah. Mate, I hugely appreciate that. Thank you very much. I mean, that, that's actually all we've got time for in this episode. I just want to say a huge thank you um, to you, Aaron, for coming on. Thanks a lot. I no, appreciate it. Thank you very much, mate. Um, and, and to all of the Norwich fans listening around the world right now, if you've enjoyed this one, don't forget to give us a five-star review on iTunes. How dare you give us a four-star? And make sure you're following at Talk Norwich City on social media for the best City content on the internet. Finally, there is only one thing left to say. Do you know what that is, Aaron? On the ball, City! Hey, on the ball, City! Thanks, Aaron.